episode 94. Um, today's episode is going to be the Kanye West documentary that's currently on Netflix. Um, this is an episode that I've been wanting to do. Um, things have come up, kept getting pushed back. So we finally going to uh, sit down and just overall give our thoughts about the documentary. Um, I'm going to put this disclaimer out here first. In no shape, form, or fashion am I trying to go at Kanye. Um, mental health is a very serious subject. So any opinions that I have is strictly just my opinion. Again, I'm not trying to attack this man, not trying to come at him, not trying to disrespect or piss off a lot of his fans because he does have a, a large following. So I'm getting that out the way right now. Um, with this episode, uh, Charles, welcome back to the podcast, man. I definitely appreciate your time. What's going on, Charlie? Uh, not much. Appreciate you having me back. Everything's going well. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, for all my guys out there who's not handyman, I try to put up a fan and, like, I'm stuck right now. So <laughs> that's what I've been doing today for the wife. I don't want to electrocute myself. So uh, after I get done here, I'm going to go on YouTube and uh, get some clues on how to finish it. So Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Trust me, YouTube is, is my best friend. Any kind of plumbing, uh, backed up this and that, how to take this off. YouTube. So indeed, no Tim <laughs> Allen here, no home improvement. So I mean, my thing is, I, I gotta make sure I'm not gonna kill myself. No, I don't blame you there. That's one thing I can't say, man. Growing up, man, my grandfather was a uh, master carpenter. He knew everything about um, electric. Everything, how to go under the car, take the car apart, how to change the gas lines under the house. And all them years went by, and I never once sat down and tried to plug his brain, man. Like, sometimes you, you don't realize how how many blessings you missed out on. I agree. Uh, my, my dad, my daddy was the same way. And, man, when you younger you really don't think about them things. And they really try to get you to, like, learn this stuff. Because they say, hey, you, you need to learn this. It's going to save you a lot of headache and money in the future. But it goes back to what we talked about before. Is like, at that time, you got to think technology wasn't as advanced as it is today. But we was more advanced than our parents. Like, you know, when they were showing this stuff, man, I'm not doing all that late. <laughs> That's the old time. Now you regret it. You don't, you know, so like I told you before, man, we trying to learn now. But I'm with you. I wish I would have learned when I was a kid because it would have saved me a lot of money. A whole lot. But anyways, um, let's jump into this, this documentary, man. When I first started hearing people talk about it, um, everybody's like, man, it's, it's good. It's good. You should watch it. And I, from the jump kind of had mixed feelings because you already know, man, from all the way back when we was in high school and stuff, I was never a Kanye fan. Like mm -hmm. for whatever reason, his sound, his personality, I didn't gravitate to it. Like I, I just, for some reason he just came off as, 
as weird to me. And uh-huh. I will admit, though, Through the Wire was my joint. When it first came out, like, there's no way you can listen to The Wire or Through the Wire and not nod your head. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's an all-time classic. I agree. But then the whole, you know, Jesus walks and all that. Once I started, you know, and maybe it was the video, the visuals and stuff that it just kind of, I was turned off by it. But going into this documentary, like I said, I just kept seeing so many people talk about it. It's dope. Shout out to my cousin Grip. He's been on the podcast a few times. Even he messaged me. He's like, man, have you seen that at Kanye yet? And I was like, no, I haven't watched it. I was like, I'm going to sit down and take a look at it one night. And, you know, sure enough, got out of practice, come home. I started looking at it. And this is in the middle of the week. And I go into it with no expectations. I'm thinking it was going to be a documentary narrated by Kanye. You know what I'm saying? That's why I was like, in the beginning, I was just, the whole thought, I was just turned off by it. I was like, dude, like, I don't want to hear nothing else this guy has to say. It wasn't definitely a Jenna Jackson documentary. I'll say that. <laughs> Jenna Jackson did hers. <laughs> like, that was one side. <laughs> so I'm sitting down and I'm looking at it. And then once I realized that he wasn't going to be the narrator, and then I realized that they're going all the way back to the beginning, that's when I got locked into it. And all of a sudden, I became fascinated with what was going on. And that's why I wanted to do this episode, because I wanted to talk about some of my major takeaways and at the same time openly acknowledge that I was completely wrong going back to our childhood days in high school. It's like knowing that he spoke these things into fruition was dope to me. And that's where I do want to give him his flowers because you hear people all the time talk about how they have this vision, they have this dream and they want to do all of these things, but they never really go after it. So for him to continue to pursue it, dropped everything and moved to New York to pursue it. And then once he got it, he never let it go. That's where I give him a pat on the back. Now, before we go into it any deeper than that, I want to open the floor up because you was always a Kanye fan from day one. That's correct. So I'm the one who, and I, I don't want to say I'm the one who told you to watch it because I think you said some, you a few other people told you to look at it too. No, you was the first one. Uh, my sister commented on your Facebook about it, but no, you was the first one who hit me up and told me I should watch it. So once you started looking at it initially, like we're talking about strictly the first episode, like what were some of your initial thoughts knowing that you had already tapped into that wave in the very beginning? Like you, you know what I'm saying? Like when I look at Kanye fans nowadays, to me, it's different than if he was a diehard Kanye from the beginning. Because these fans today, man, it almost come off as like 
cult-like followers. Stands. Stands. I don't call them fans. I call them stands. They, they just <laughs> – they just doing it's like it's like the Jordan shoe. He would just want the Jordan shoe without knowing what Jordan did. I definitely <laughs> like, agree there. You know, it's he's a he's a big brand. You know, a brand brings money. A brand brings fashion. A brand brings like um, it brings like popularity. Popularity. Yep, that's the word I was I was waiting for. Because that's exactly what it boils down to now. Because, I mean, we just left Peyton's game just a few hours ago. And it's like you walk in the gym, you see the younger kids. They're walking around with Yeezys on. You look at the middle-aged crowd. They're walking around with Yeezys on. And like you said, you know, that's that's a great comparison in terms of Jordan. Because it's like – like a substance it's like a prestige award you right. you're part of a fraternity class you know what i'm saying that, that's what it seems like exactly you're, you're trying to fit into into a crowd and that's why uh-huh. i tell people all the time like dude i don't i don't care how many pair of sneakers i own or anything like that i've never been one to buy sneakers to try to fit in or look like everybody else because to me that's the biggest turnoff when you walk in a room and everybody looks the same, everybody's dressed the same. I like sneakers because I like the stories that they tell. And I like, you know what I'm saying? Collecting Uh the models and things that I personally like. It has nothing to do with trying to fit in with what's popular at the time. And I feel like going back to the Kanye thing, a lot of people only wear these Yeezy things because like you said, it's, it's popularity, but like I said, that I'm gonna go back to the documentary. We'll talk about that as as we progress through the conversation. It's like once you sat down and you click play and you got you started getting into it, like what were some of your thoughts? Well, <clears throat> let's go when you told me to watch the documentary. And when you were trying to tell me to watch it, out of all the people who said they Kanye fans, I do like I really was hurt when Kanye changed. I never, I never heard an artist to where I can relate to on that level. Never. And haven't since. Except for Nipsey. Nipsey was the other one. But, like, that's when I got older. You know what I'm saying? I learned different things. But with Kanye, it's like, when we was growing up, you know, I was with, I was in the crowd with you and, you know, Pierre Grip, you know, um, Corey, Dave, whatever. But I was always the weird one. Like, everybody thought I was the weird one because I didn't want to go with the trend. I didn't, I didn't care what people thought about me. I said, I'm going to be me at the end of the day. I don't, I don't, I, I like, either you like me for who I am or you don't. And I used to get picked on a lot for y'all, how I talked, how, how, how I looked at the world, how I, like, dressed, whatever. I didn't, it didn't matter what crowd I was in. I can get along with anybody. And so it started with, you remember that time we was at Corey's house and we started rapping and we was rapping on that um, Charger to the game, took the shocker. Yeah. Big time players get laced in line, something like that. <laughs> I remember it to this day. And like um, big ups to Corey for this. But like I remember I was rapping and like I sucked. 
So the thing is, when we left, I was trying to find my style or whatever. And when I used to rap back then, I used to rap like everybody else, but it didn't feel right. You know, cause I used to try to wear Jordan stuff. I said, man, it just don't feel right. It don't feel like me. And I remember when we were down there, me, you, and Pierre, I said it before on the on on older episode, and Through the Wire came on. And I heard about Kanye before. Cause I used to collect the Source magazines and stuff like that. He used to be on the Spotlight page at, towards the end of the magazine. And when I heard through the wire, it just it just it just changed my life right there. I, I like I never heard anything like it. Never. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like no thug stuff. It wasn't no drugs or any of that. This dude was being himself. And like I can't even say his name back then. And I said, Who is this? And I remember y'all was looking at, it, but it really draw my attention. And that's when um Slow Jams came out and he was rapping on there. I said, Man, this dude got something different. And yeah. so I remember when College Dropout came out, I was excited for it. That's all I talked about. I said, man, I can't wait for College Dropout. I can't wait for College Dropout. And I remember that's when Circuit City was open, and I went to pick it, pick it up. I picked up College Dropout and Chicken and Beer from um, Lupe. I mean, not Lupe. Uh, Ludacris. Ludacris. Yes. So after I picked it up, I knew I liked Ludacris stuff. But like I put into Kanye, and like uh, I was driving home, and it was just that first track. You know, all my people said, "Drug dealing just to get by, stacking money to the sky." Well, like you know, we say we supposed to make it past twenty five. Jokes on you, we still alive. Throw your hands up in the sky, and say we don't care what people say. Man, like he did that, man. Like when I was growing up. Man, people told me I won't go mountain nothing. People told me I was gonna sell drugs like my cousins and all that stuff. And like when he was speaking, it is like, yeah, you from them environments, but you know who you are. You know what you're trying to do. And so like when I heard the album was, it was different. And like he was being himself. And when you talk about Jesus walks, I remember when Jesus walk came and I told you Jesus walk is the truth. Now I remind you, I come from a Christian background. I yeah. came from a house full of preacher. So I heard his music and I never heard people do Christian music kind of sort of in the hip hop world. He was the first one to me. Right. It, like Jesus was like about faith. And I remember we went to Houston. I told you that's the truth. You said, man, that's stone stupid, this and that. And like, I remember you told me that. And I said, like, dang, is it me? Cause y'all say, man, you weird just like that dude, whatever. And I said, is it me? Is, uh, or um, is it me saying I'm, I think it's a good song? Or like, I believe that. And that's where we went in the club down there. The club was packed. And Jesus walks. And I looked at you. See? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus walks with me. And then like, he got big. But when I saw the documentary, the first part, it was everything I already knew about Kanye. But seeing visually, that was the yeah. big pain point for me to where like, when he was in the back, even when there was uh, uh, the Coogee guy was interviewing him, when he was like real skinny, he mm-hmm. had them glasses on and stuff, and like he brought him up to the to the front. This is the guy who produced it, because you know back then, a lot of producers didn't get a lot of shine, right. so unless you were Dr. Dre or somebody. You know, you had to be like one of the top tier producers, but he put him on because they all was from Chicago, and so. When I look at Kanye going up, man, and like that one part when he was rapping, 
And like he went in that he went in the building with Rockefeller, and like the receptionist just looked at him, and I said, "Dude, I felt that, cause dude, like I felt like that been me throughout my young life. Like you're telling people what you're trying to do, and you're trying to hold people on board with you, and they're not. And like, you know how hard it is to sit there and keep on pushing towards something, even though people don't believe you. Exactly." I had plenty of times, man, was I ain't gonna bring my friend's um uh, mama up. But I remember I was in that house. She didn't know I was in there. And like that's when I told you know, I said, I wanna do music, I wanna do music. And that's when I heard her in the background she said, Oh, uh, he wanna do music. That's a waste of life. She didn't know I was in the back though. Oh wow. And so like, dude, like I'm sitting there like, What you mean, man? I said, dude, I'm good. I know I can do this. I'm good what I do. And, like, you know, even with my family stuff, like, some of my family members was with but some of them wasn't. When I went to college, man, I also went to UK with you all. I chose to go to NTSU because I did a project that still gets still gets taught today. My project still gets teach. That, uh, the professor teaches it at PCC to this day because I did the project about how the old school music goes with hip-hop today and people don't know it. They they like old music. They just think it's something new. And back then, that's when Kanye was starting producing a lot of like oldie tracks, and he was making like acceptable for for our ears. And yeah. so like the teacher told me, say you need to go to NTSU because you have a musical gift. And I changed my whole plan. Like, dude, I left for college. Like I said, my dad tried to help me. We could. But like my other family members, man, they ain't give me nothing. I left with hardly no food at all. I struggled because it was something I believed I I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I think with Kanye, Kanye gave me that leeway to where I can be myself. And honestly, throughout the first part, just all his struggles and like even with Jay and them, they didn't do him right, man. You could tell they were just using him. Trust me, and I'm, like, I'm getting to that. I, I have it right here. Like for this episode, I actually have notes and bullet points. And it's like that, that right there is, is a a perfect talking, talking point before we get to the Jay-Z and and Dame and all that. Cool. So we'll wait on that. But but going back to what you were saying about the documentary, when I, when I looked at it, seeing it visually, like made it more impactful. And also too, it, it, it made me, made me understand that, um, I really follow Kanye. Like, like, like I saw Kanye in me. That makes sense. Like when I saw, when I looked at Kanye back then, I saw me. I said, this yeah. guy's like me. Like playing just, just a like, weird voice, the way he didn't mind dressing the way he did or anything. He was just like me. And I saw like he was around all these killers and all these hard people, but they was around him because he was talented because he had a spark. And like, I, I ain't talking about I was a spark in the group. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is like, I was that weird cat in the group. And I didn't mind being. And, like, I sit there, like, you just looking at it visually to where, like, dang, man, his journey is similar to to how mine was as a kid. And I never knew it. But, he, like I said, he was the first artist that I gravitated to. Right. Like, he was the first one. And that's why, you know, once I first started watching it, and I realized that, okay, this dude legit had a cameraman walking with him 
every day recording this entire process. That was genius. That was genius. And like I said, it <laughs> goes perfect with the with the title of the documentary itself. And it was like, okay, this is not just your typical cut on the lights, cut on the camera, and you have somebody trying to go back in time and talk about what was going on during a certain time period. Like, here is the actual video footage. And going back to when, you know, you alluded to when they first brought him in front of the camera, a little nerdy looking dude, skinny. And at that point in time, they were sure to highlight some of the Chicago artists, the Brad crucial conflict, things of that nature. And that, you know, it, it almost took me back down memory lane because I remember, you know, crucial conflict when they got that little buzz and all that going on when we were kids. Uh So boom, he he moves to New York. He's trying to pursue a dream. And that's why when I told you, you know, to check it out, I was like, you know, if it made me feel some kind of way, then most definitely you could relate to that in terms of you wanted to pursue music. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, you know what, man, you, you got to look at it. You got to check it out. And watching the trials and tribulations, like you said, you know, there's plenty of times where you, you make that sacrifice, you live in an apartment, don't have no food in the house. And that, you know, they're showing his empty refrigerator and things like that. And he's sitting here making all these beats in his house, in his apartment rather, or whatever. And it's like, I'm looking at the grind. Like those are the things that, when people become successful, you don't understand what it took to get Uh to that spot. So you saw his grind, right? Mm -hmm. Most people, you just see them, the finished product. You don't see what was happening to get everything started. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you mentioned him going into Rockefeller and he's trying to play his music and people are just kind of brushing him off. Nobody's paying any attention to him. And the part that I found fascinating that I didn't know anything about was once he had the accident, they started pushing his project to the side. Yeah. yeah um, did you, you, did you remember the last track on College Dropout? It was real long. Yeah. And I am keys to the rock, keys to the rock. Do you listen to the whole thing? Yeah. He basically told you how it happened. Exactly. And I remember, like, but but yeah. like, but here's the thing though, because this is what we've talked about it before. I think it might have been the the uh top ten albums episode that we done or some what whoever I recorded it with, I think I mentioned that I I had never heard the college drop out until like within the last couple of years. It was with Eric. And once I heard it, and then, you know what I'm saying, like, I had a newfound respect for it, even though I was a decade too late. You know, it might have been two decades, but it's like, listening to that, you thought it was dope listening to the album, but now you actually see it. But that what made that album a classic. You said almost two decades. Look how relatable that album 
is still to this day. Like exactly. <laughs> like he was really ahead of his time, man. Like I said, like everything he was talking about, we go through today. And he even said in the documentary, he even said he wanted to make an album that would be rememberable. Right. So knowing the sacrifice, the blood, the sweat, the tears that went into that, and the fact that he was basically having to steal studio time and secretly work on it without the the big dogs, Jay-Z and Dame, backing him up. That's the part that stuck out the most mm-hmm. because he had to use all them studio times. Like people didn't use their studio times. He had to use, he had to like really go up early other people's session. People, I think people did it for free. That's what it looked like to me. So that's what I'm saying is like, you know, now that I see what all went into that, you, you had a newfound respect. And I'm like, you know, of course, is 19 years to when did that come out 2003 2002 I think it was 2002 No 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 I think we was out of college I, I mean I think we was out of high school it was 2004 5 So okay like I said I, I that's why I started with 2003 wherever it was it's like I'm saying that because I'm like all right it's 2022 so 19 years I'm 19 years too late of saying you know what but that was a through the wire project. did come out. Yeah, through the wire did come out a year or two earlier though. See, that's what I thought because I remember yeah. watching it on Rap City and all that, and I definitely was back at home then. I hadn't went to college and all that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's like seeing that, and then seeing that he basically had to create his own buzz. He had to promote his own project before the label and who he thought was his friends or his peers got behind him. Now, I know, you know, we're looking at things in hindsight and quite naturally all the Jay-Z people are going to, oh, well, Hove is this, Hove is that, Hove has a billion dollars. Like that to me, I don't care anything about. And again, I'm not here to dissect or break down people's personal characters or who they are. But to me, that documentary shined a bright light on the, I don't want to use the wrong adjectives, but the shadiness. I put it, I put it like this. Let's say in a pond, Jay-Z's the shark. Can we all say that? He's a great white whale. Cause he's a billionaire, right? He would say he's a billionaire, but you know how many sharks have to eat fish in order to get that big and be the predator of the ocean. You like for people for somebody to get that high up there, you're not gonna get up there squeaky clean without stepping on somebody, right? You know, and don't get me wrong, like I think Jay's a great artist, but I'm not gonna sit there and say that I thought Jay was the dopest MC ever heard in my life. Like, Jay took a lot of people's style. And, like, Jay Jay was an opportunist. He was he knew how to talk people into doing what he needed them to do so he could succeed. Look what he did to Dame Dash. That's a prime example. Everybody in the industry can stand Dame Dash. But they love Jay because Jay would sit back and let Dame do, do, do talk for him. Yeah. Dame would so, take all the bullets. Yeah. Correct. 
So the thing is, is like, it doesn't make Jay a bad person. I'm not saying it. He just, he's just a cool businessman. And it's like that movie, uh, the founder with the dude from McDonald's said, would you, what would you do to keep your business afloat? So I'll tell you what I would do. If my competition was drowning and they needed my help, I would put, I'll put water holes in their mouth and just cut it off. I'm that ruthless. And I think, I think that's what SIJ thinks. That's all, that's what businessmen that hot think. So, you know, I mean, what people say about Jay, you got to think about it, though. And exactly. And, and that's why I said it's like, you know, right now we're, we're looking at things in hindsight, but the documentary allows you to view it from that moment in time. Yeah, because Jay made it look like he made Kanye feel good. He said, Kanye's dope, how? Oh. And he walked out. <laughs> but you but you never put her to track of anything. He did that. He said, man, let me let this dude rap so that way I can get these beats. And that's exactly how I took it. I was like, you can tell that every time Kanye was trying to spit bars in front of them, they were not paying him any attention. Nope. At all. But I, I will say this, though. Big shout out to most Def, Talib Kweli, and all people from Chicago and, and, and Ruckus Records because they really, they really put their nickel on line for Kanye. Yeah. That's how he got his buzz. He didn't do it all on his own. Yeah. He, he went to the people who's like him, who didn't rap that hard stuff, didn't, didn't rap about the fash, the fash, the flashiness. They went for him in. It's like even with Pharrell. It's like when he came in and, and played it for mm-hmm. Pharrell, it's like – you saw that initial reaction. And, and what did Pharrell tell him? Stay yourself. Do not change. Exactly. And it's like you you knew the initial reaction was, all right, this is genuine. But yet the people who he actually worked for never gave him that same reaction until the rest of the world started catching on. Yep, because they saw money in it. And that's when I was like, you know what? Again, this episode is not to use my personal opinions to attack, attack people or talk bad about their character or anything like that. It's just, to me, no disrespect. It's like that shows you, and going back to your analogy about the shark, he saw opportunity, and quite naturally, you know what I'm saying? Like, all right. He, this is actually dope. People are actually listening to it. We got to get behind him. So now, oh, yeah, he signed to The Rock. Let's give him a chain, this and that. But yeah. from Kanye's perspective, he just wanted an opportunity. And now that he got it, he's not even looking at the fact of, like, wait a minute, man. Like, y'all wasn't even trying to hear me before. Yeah. And, and to play devil's advocate, if you look how Rockefeller was built, um, the style that Kanye had, it's difficult to see that it's going to blow if you get a lot of money off the topics you've been talking about previously. Drugs and street gang violence. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard to take a chance on that. And um, Dane saw him more like a Dr. Dre. He thought that he'd be like a DJ Clue or something like that. You got to think back then, Dr. Dre raps, but Dr. Dre, his chronic album, 
there was like composition. You know what I'm saying? He was showing his producing skills. He a rap, but like he had rappers on there. Like Kanye wanted to rap. You know, you had songs with it was just Kanye on there. He he wanted to rap, and to and honestly, Kanye was like popularity wise, he was one of the first ones to do that. Honestly, I don't think he's the first one because DJ Quick been doing it for years. But on the like on the popular scale, that can relate to people everywhere. He was the first one. So the play Devil's Advocate, I think Rockefeller, they found their niche and they're trying to stay with it. They didn't know how to think outside the box. But at the same time, though, y'all baited this man in. Y'all gave him a chain that probably wasn't real for real. <laughs> and to make him look like he's part of this group. But then when he got injured, you thought his, his, his momentum slowed down, you shelled him. That was dirty. That was wrong. Point blank, period. And Dane knows it. Dane Hammond came out and said sorry, but you could tell that he knew that he 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 did him wrong. You could right. tell. Right. So, you know, fast forwarding is like I'm glad Kanye was able to become that superstar that he spoke of from the very, very beginning. And then he kept alluding to them not giving him the opportunity uh-huh. he he recognized what was going on and that's the part that made me change my opinion on him because i was like even through all the trials and tribulations he never let it break him he kept going he kept going and up until this documentary i didn't know anything about his mother man that big up to her Absolutely. Big ups to her, man, because the the attitude he had, she was his biggest fan. She was his guardian angel for real. Biggest like. supporter. And I think that's the part that, that made me fascinated as well because once you saw that bond, you saw that relationship you saw how he valued her opinion or her thoughts. Uh You had a better respect for it. And then once she passed, what has happened since now makes more sense to me. He don't have no real friend, man. He don't have nobody he can really trust. Even back then when he did mess with most definitely he had his mama. You get what I'm saying? Like when they yeah. showed when he went to her apartment, you could tell like I'm in my safe zone. Cause you remember, cause like the producer was like being backstabbing in him, and he felt really bad about it. And it wasn't until he talked to his mama where he felt better. Yeah. Or and she started rapping. Go ahead, go ahead, mama. Hey, mama, to him and stuff like that. She always encouraged him, like. You're meant to be great. You keep on doing what you're doing. Like, right. You you know, I can't remember what she said. She said something about a giant. Can't remember the, the phrase she said, but it was powerful. I don't know if you wrote, wrote it down, but no, nah, that part I did. Like I didn't, I didn't write any quotes or anything like that. I just made bullet points of some of my major, major takeaways. And that's why for me, like one thing I have written here, I was like, Overall, 
after watching it, and we'll we'll touch on it here in a little bit. I said Kanye became the same person he hated when he tried Correct. when he was trying to get started. Correct. And um, before we get there, can I can I bring this up too? His mama was his mama was his inspiration. I don't know if you remember when she said the giant part. She said we look at what the giant see nobody. And he made a music video where he was the giant. They were trying to throw arrows and stuff at him, but it was bouncing off. He said, I don't see nobody but me. Or like when she said, like, everything's good. He said, Mama, why you always say that? That's an old school talk. Everything's good. And he made his label good, getting out our dreams. His mama was his big inspiration, man. Like, like, dude, like, I don't know if people realize that through the documentary. I said, I, I, was until I saw it, I, I didn't. And not to bring, you know, my personal situation into it, but that's where it also hit home for me because it's like, you know, for yourself, man, I, I was a mama's boy. I was always with my mama, always around my mama. And I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that our bond was as deep as theirs because it wasn't. But a lot of my you know, most intimate conversations and things that were really bothering me, I went to my mother to talk about. Whether it was the birds and the bees or anything going on in my life that was, you know, making me depressed or I'm feeling down about, I went to her. Uh And now we're knocking on two years since my mother has passed. And sometimes I don't have that void. You know what I'm saying? It's that spot has not been filled and it it will never be, you know what I'm saying? And that's where, when I'm watching that, you know, thank, I don't want to say thank God because that's the wrong words to use because I feel like you don't have control over your mental stability to a certain extent. I'm saying that losing my mother didn't send me off the deep end. It did for a little while. Like for for almost the first year, I was in a dark, dark spot, but not to the point to where it changed my behavior or how I interacted with the rest of the world. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfectly good sense. I mean, I we had that talk before. You know, I lost my mama too. And I, I remember I told you, I said, man, you know, I'm going to tell you things going to be better, but I'm, but I'm going to be honest with you, you know, your first couple years going to be bumpy, man. Exactly. Like bumpy. even even to this point, I almost feel like I've I've suppressed it. It ain't that I've recovered or I'm okay and life goes on. It's like I've had to bury that that seed and refuse to give it any sunlight. Otherwise, I know I, I'm not going to do well. I with that, I would say eventually you will have to face. Um, I know with me, I was the same way. And, like, I think when I went home and, like, I made my peace, I got more sleep. But, like I said, mm-hmm. our situation a little bit different. But I know with me, like, the nightmares and stuff I was having for a couple of years, you know, to where, <laughs> you know, I'm making noise in my sleep, waking up in cold sweats and stuff like that. My wife trying to calm me down. I was like, it was, it was, like, really bad till I went home. And then when I really faced it head on, I felt better. But I, my, my my difference was, like, me and my mama didn't really get along. So, like, my thing is I didn't really get to hear her speak when she died. Like, she waited for me to come home. 
But, like, I said what I need to say, but, like, I didn't get to hear All-Star shed a tear. And, like, five minutes later, she was gone. I didn't really get to have that clarity. Mm-hmm. And I try to I try to hold it in. I buried it. But at the same time, I didn't bury it. So I understand what you're saying. But I knew it's gonna take time for you, man. It's gonna take time. Like I'm like, it's gonna take it's gonna take some time. But once you face it full on and understand things in more of like a a mental world, a mental realm and spiritual realm, you be fine. But it's gonna take time because I remember I told you I said, dude, you know, things gonna work out, but it's gonna it's gonna take time. Yeah, most definitely. So with that being said. Once you saw their relationship and his career started taking off, then that's when it's documented and that's when I started getting confirmation on why my opinion of him was validated. Because you start out with this documentary, this young, up-and-coming, basically underground person who his hometown city loved and adored he moves away gets under the big bright lights finally gets his moment and then he gets a taste of success and he becomes a completely different person or he was the same person at the beginning it just the thing is like it, it just it just got bigger the reason I say that because I think with his mama, she did great things with him, but I don't think she ever told him no. And I think everybody around dealt with him because of his talent to where he never had nobody tell him no. He really didn't have anybody to tell him to cut it out. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? They talked to him like he was like Jesus Christ himself. Like he was a, a second coming. That's how they talked to him. Even even his mama, and I know why his mama did it because I don't think his daddy was in his life. She she needed to do something to keep him on the right path, to protect him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, to me it's like if you have a father there, you know, the father can help you out more as to be a man and how to carry yourself as a man in this world. Kanye always had like a female tendency to him, and he always had a bunch of yes men, even though Jay and them didn't listen to the rap, but he still was making a decent living. He was still doing stuff. He was still getting, like, people from MTV, you know, helping him out. So he never really, he really really didn't have nobody tell him knowing his face. So when he got that famous stuff and all the stuff people were telling him before, he started believing it more and more. And then every time he came doing crazy crap, he never got in trouble for it. (laughs) I mean... He's done some crazy stuff. Yeah, most definitely. And I, and I think the thing is, it created a, a monster. But my thing is, once that monster there, and the reason why I said that because look what he did to Coogee them when he got bigger. Look what he did. Exactly, and like I said, that I have that right here. Like I have one of those, you know, listed as as my as my talking points because I I have here literally once he got famous. His hunger is what made him great. He got the fame, and then he became a monster. He didn't know how to turn it off. And I think when his mama died, it got worse. Because just like you said, 
I suppressed it. He suppre- he's suppressing it now. Yeah. He never faced it head on. He never faced his mama passing head on. Yeah. And like I said, at that point, he's he's at the height. I don't even want to say the height because he, like I said, he, he even for that time period, he has still elevated even higher. He broke through every ceiling. Like <laughs> your man. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like then you you transition into this phase where and I honestly I don't I don't know how to word it because I don't want people to think that I'm trying to attack him or attack his fans or anything like that. It's like he got this fame. He started changing. The little dude who done the documentary, you saw how he basically turned his back on him. The guy who's been with him from the very beginning. Uh-huh. And that's another one of my takeaways. It's like, dude, like money is literally the root of all evil. Like nobody's going to change my mind with that. That's why I don't, I don't care about money. Money ego. Like pride. I I don't talk about money. Like, do not talk to me about money. Money is made to be spent. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go be irresponsible with money and treat it like it's nothing. Because at the end of the day, you have to have it in order to survive. But at the end of the day, the whole concept of money, it's it's a piece of paper with, with a number on it. Mm-hmm. But yet people are willing to do any and everything to get it. And once you yeah. got it, now you have this sense of, oh, I'm better than the people who don't have it. And that's the problem that I have. It's like it was so many people that were standing beside him when he didn't have it and helped him get to where he got to. But then once he got it, now you want to pick everything up and go sit at the table with the people who didn't even support you when you didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Cause he wanted to be in that club anyway. Um, you know, I think you said money, but also ego, your pride. That's a deadly sin right there. And like, I think it, it just, his ego got so huge. It's already big already. It was like kind of sustained from his mama, but it just got so big because people, you know, people tell him he's the greatest, he's the best. And with money, you know, when you said money meant to be spent, I agree with that to a certain extent. I think also with money, it's like money is a, it should be a tool to help you get other things in your life. Like, especially like if you try to leave like wealth for your kids and your grandkids and make sure they're okay in your family or, if you want to build your community, you know, like with him with Chicago, with all this killing, if mm-hmm. Kanye wanted to, man, he could have he could have prevented all this. He had he had the stage. Exactly, and that, like I said, that's another one of my talking points that I was going to get get to it towards the end. It's like, and I'll go ahead and talk about it now since you since you mentioned it. It's like when that documentary started, and you you basically had the heart of Chicago standing there with you. And they're following you. They're looking up to you. And then once you made it, 
you didn't turn around and look back and try to lend a hand to bring them with you. You know what I'm saying? Like New York already had a sound. New York already had their, their people and their whatever you break through and you get into this New York circle, but yet you never made the attempt to bring some of that Chicago with you. Yeah. I mean, he helped out some, um, who can I name? Like, I think he hit that Twister. I, I really do. I think Twister was already big on a local level, but mm-hmm. he really put Twister in the mainstream. And he helped out Common a lot. My favorite album, my Common, is the Beat album. And, like, Kanye did that album. Um, he helped out Common. He helped out John Legend. John Legend Chicago. He helped out John Legend. But but, but I um, guess I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say, and not to interrupt you, is, like, for as big as he has become, mm-hmm. and the following that he had, like, Literally, dude, use this last project, Donda 2. He put it on a platform that is not available to... You can't just sit down and go stream it. You have to go purchase whatever. It's like $200. Yeah, man. That was crazy, the $200. I'm, I'm in... I'm, it's hard for me to be one-sided. It's kind of great because it was a lot of money, yes. But how streaming stuff is today and like these artists not really making that much money people think they're off their music like it's kind of genius too because like I'm if you mess with me then buy it you know and like if you want to hear it you got to buy it from me and the sales that he made I only think it was like 100,000 units and he made like 10 million dollars and to me, that can show for anybody coming up. Like, if you get your fan base up, and you got your loyal fan base, dude, you can make you can make music the rest of your life. Or Ryan Leslie's a prime example. He um he loved Diddy, and then he had his core fan base. And what he did, he gave out his number. He texted them when he was in their city, and tell how much his tickets was for shows. He he texts them when his music's gonna come out, and they go on his website to listen to the music and buy merch and stuff. And he sold. It wasn't even it wasn't even a lot of records, man. He sold like a couple thousand. I think he made like two million. So I think the thing is, what Kanye did in that sense is innovative. But I will say he charged too dang much. And I think with Kanye, Kanye's. I think Kanye's laughing at people. He said, dude, y'all follow anything I say. Of course he's laughing at people. I got clothes on and stuff, and, and you buy it. Y'all making me rich off the dumbest stuff. But that's my whole <laughs> point. That's my whole point. It's like, yeah, it's it's innovative. It's genius. It's creative. If If you're looking at it in terms of I'm only out to make money. But it's like, okay. Not even make money, just. Just control your narrative. But what I'm saying right. is, at this point, I look at Kanye as a person who has power. He has mm-hmm. actual power. He has influence. He's influential mm-hmm. to a whole generation of people. So if you have that much power, why would you not turn around and lend a hand to the people who helped you elevate to get that power. Because it goes back to what I said. He has a really big ego. He has a lot of pride, man. And when people tell him all the time that you're the greatest and this and third, 
he thinks he got there on his own. That's the problem. Like, for you to be that type of leader that he should be, that takes a lot of patience. That takes a lot of, like, discipline. He doesn't have discipline. No. At all. He doesn't have discipline. Like, do you? not everybody can be a leader. Just because Kanye got a lot of money don't mean he can make a great leader. Look how he acts. He good with music, but, but his personal skills are sucky. <laughs> like, <laughs> his personal skills are awful. But music-wise, he's perfect. But, like, that's one part. And for you to be a leader, man, you got to, like, put down what you want. You got to be about the people. It's just like, you know this, like we talked about earlier. It's like having your kids. Once you're your kids in the world, it's not about you no more. Right. You know what I'm saying? You put right. yourself to the side. I know good dang well, if it came to the point to where it was between somebody shooting you or shooting your kids and choose, you're going to take that bullet for your kids and your family. You're not even going to think twice about it. Yeah. Look, he doesn't have that. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, man, I've been watching uh, the Dark Knight series these last couple of days. So, yeah, you right. Bruce Wayne Pops did... You know what, here, man. Let me take his bullet. Let my son yeah. live. Like he doesn't have that. And honestly, I don't really fall him because he never had a father to show him that that's what a man has to do to be a leader. That's interesting. He never had. He never had that male figure in his life. Never. That's that's fair. That's interesting. Like, that's an interesting take. And, and 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 the reason why I say that is because just look how he moves. Even with the Kim Kardashian man, like even though she she trying to pimp him from his sickness, whatever. And I don't read. Really, I really don't feel sorry for her. But at the same time, it's like he got with her because he looking for his mama sick. But even then, man, he didn't respect her like it. He didn't like in public anybody. He didn't respect her like it. He said, "You're not my mama." And you know what? That's the perfect transition because now that's when we're getting into the, the, the last part of the documentary. And now it's like, okay, his mother has passed. He's full blown out of control at this point. He's like, I'm above everybody and everything and that's when he started referencing himself like, I'm a god, I'm this, and I'm that. And everything about that relationship, please keep in mind, this is just my opinion. I honestly feel like it was two people that came together and looked at this like a business opportunity. How can we one. make each other rich, huh? I say one. I say just Kim. I would say Kanye. Because that's the case. Kanye would have had thousands of kids everywhere. I think he looked at it like, I can build something with this woman. I can build a family. I can build wealth for my kids. And, like, I can give my kids something that I never had, a family. And... I think she kind of like misused him in there. She's not going to talk about that in public. But like, look at every person she's been with, man. She got with somebody who was unstable who really needed help. 
And when he thought that she was there to help him, and she did what she did, like it, like, you know, that makes somebody lost. Now, don't get me wrong, though, because let me tell you, we all have puppy loves, okay? <laughs> My thing is, like, this dude, he must have handled no fine women like that in the day. Because I said, like, dude, you are, like, starstruck with this woman. Not to mention, this woman looked completely different than what she looked when she was born. She got all that day surgery and stuff. You love that? I mean, <laughs> hey, more power to you. But I but, said, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My bad. But, but to me, it's like he was trying to, he thought he was changing her. He said, she's into more political stuff. She's helping out reform people. She's doing her thing. She's doing what my mama would do. She's doing what my mama would do. Look how she's doing with the kids. Look how she went through the kids' and family. She's doing what my mama wanted for me. But She's like my mama. I'm not alone no more. <laughs> you, know, you get what I'm saying? Like, But that's where it's like, and again, I'm not here to judge anybody. And I guess I'll, I'll play devil's advocate because I honestly feel like you have to be able to see the wolf in sheep's clothing. That's true. And what I mean by that is, and you alluded to her past. Mm-hmm. We all have a past. So I'm not here to judge her on how she became famous or in and out of marriages and things of that nature. But it's like when you're talking about a TV personality and then you're talking about a entertainer at the level of a Kanye West, I honestly feel like them coming together was them trying to form a Jay-Z Beyonce. Cause you got to think yeah. during that time is when some of that beef, you know what I'm saying? Like was going on. That's right. Because Jay Beyonce didn't want to be around Kim. Jay didn't either. I remember that. Cause Kanye had a problem with it. So if you look at how he's been acting since him and Kim has separated, he's going out trying to get somebody who looks like her and he's, oh, he's trying to antagonize the situation so from my perspective, and again, people understand this is just my opinion. Him and her were trying to create the Jay-Z, Beyonce, power couple, have all this influence on the masses type thing in which they were successful at it. They still are. Uh, yeah, kind of, sort of. But I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, like you, like, if we really didn't care about Kim and Kanye, none of this would be in the news every time you look at it. No, I understand that, but um, what I'm saying is, I said kind of sore because with Jay Z and Beyonce, you read on him about Durham Beyonce. You know, you get what I'm saying? And it's like, but honestly, like I'm not even looking at it from a perspective of trying to have dirt or anything like that. I'm just looking at the influence part. Uh huh. Kim has become a billionaire, bro. And yeah. I'll ask anybody, what talent does she possess? Um, influence these young girls? I don't know. I can tell you because, like, I mean, she made her sisters billionaires and billionaires. And then, what was the youngest one? Kylie Jenner? She don't do nothing. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. There's no knock to them because at the end of the day, yeah, hey, you get, yeah. You do what you got to do. It is what it is. It's not their fault. 
And her mama's a great market person. Her mama know how to turn, take a negative to a positive. That's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, it's it's not their fault. Yeah. But going back to Kanye, because I don't want to, I don't want the Kimmies to come after me or none of that. But it's like I don't think it's gonna happen. They mad at Kim right now. <laughs> when she said, "Take get off your, you know what, and go to work," they mad at her right but now. But you know so what? And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's like you give these people so much influence and so much power, but yet once their tongue slips up, it shows you their real, true inner thoughts. She really mm-hmm. believes that she built her empire from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And that is far from the truth, man. It's, it's That's a backhand slap to every hardworking person who's trying to get up every day with a nine to five who may or may not have kids. You're trying to do everything that you could possibly do to live somewhat of the American dream. But yet you have somebody who was born with fortune trying to tell it, you that you're lazy. It was the right message, wrong messenger. That's how I saw it. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like to me, with women, dude, like women have to go through so much in the workforce. Like, like, dude, like it's already hard for them as it is. You're saying get off your lazy butt. How you know they're lazy? For one, you was on you was on your stomach. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I'm being honest, you was on your stomach. That's how you got known. I mean, and to me, it's like it was the right message, wrong person. And she would have said, like, you know, you know, if you want something, you just gotta grind it out. Just sometimes it's gonna be hard. You're gonna fall out. Just keep on pushing forward. Keep on pushing forward, and you will get where you need to be. You just gotta keep on pushing forward. And she would have said something like that. It wouldn't been banned. People say, okay, we get what you're saying, Kim. We get what you're saying. We all come from different backgrounds. You gotta keep on believing what you what you're here for. You keep on pushing through them doors. But no, she sat there and literally spit on people's faces and said, "All oh, y'all lazy. Y'all don't want to do nothing. Get off your butt." First of all, Kim. No offense to all you all. First of all, y'all don't look except for Courtney and the uh, model. All y'all look different. Y'all y- y'all look like fake people now. Chloe tried to say something. Said, Chloe, you known for black dudes using you and dumping you. I mean, what are you known for? <laughs> that's, why call I said, Shrek. that's why i said people it, don't get me wrong i'm not here to attack nobody i'm, I'm not here I'm to, not attacking. to, I'm to talk truth. bad about them i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm getting it out there but going back to what you're saying right message wrong, wrong messenger, messenger. Mm-hmm. now let's get back on kanye because i feel like the same rule applies and like i said now we're in the third part of this documentary and you get into the whole sunday service part of it oh man that's when i'm telling you all the gloves came off i have like i have no respect for that i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't either but mine started and you and you can vouch for me for this i remember you remember i told you when i heard him come down and say he'll call jesus i said i'm not listening to it i'm done you remember that i told you i'm not listening to it I said, because now he think he God. And people said, Charles, you're not even giving it a chance. No. Anybody who called themselves Jesus, and he was already talking about, I'm like Picasso and them. I don't mind a Picasso part. I don't mind Michelangelo and stuff like that. Them, them are human beings. I don't mind that. They're just like somebody saying, I'm going to be like Jordan, but I'm going to be greater than Jordan and LeBron. I don't mind that. Okay? But when you come and talk about you, you like the second coming to Christ? No, bro. 
and, I'm not listening to it. And that's where you have to draw that line in the sand. And that's why I said in the beginning, I preference this episode with, I'm not trying to talk about his fans. I'm not trying to talk about him. This is just my beliefs versus whoever else's beliefs. That's something that you don't play with, in my opinion. No, That's a lane that you don't even go down unless you're being serious about it. And honestly, I think he's suffering from it. I think God's really punishing him because God said, I gave you this gift and you're misusing it now. So that's, so that's what I'm saying. And it goes back to a point you made a few minutes ago or earlier in the conversation where you was like, nobody has ever told him no. And I have this written down. I said, he has surrounded himself around a bunch of yes men. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that documentary and you look at it and again, I'm not making it about race or anything like that. If you start at episode one or part one and you look at all the people that were sitting at the table with him and pushing him and encouraging him and trying to get him started on his career. And then you fast forward to part three and you look at where he was uh, in my Wyoming or where he, wherever he lives at. And now he's sitting at a table full of people. The demographic of that table has changed. Yep. And people yep and anything that he says they're going along with it any joke that he makes they're laughing at it and to me it's like you're feeding the beast because now in his mind every idea is perfect everything he says is perfect and if anybody disagrees with it then they're wrong and they don't know what they're talking about. I agree. And my thing is too is like um when he um he this one on a documentary, he said this afterwards, where he said, I I ba- I basically use all the backpack people to get where I need to be. I'm not really that way. I said, How dare you? If if I was most deaf in them, I would like be his butt. I would kick him, I would kick a new mud hole in him. Because I said to do you just spit on all of them. Exactly. So and you spit on people like me. Because I'm sitting on like, you sit there and say, I'm not like you all. I was using you all. Dude, we know you soft as a marshmallow. Come on, man. Like, exactly. like don't do that. <laughs> and the proof is in the pudding with this whole drama with him and D.L. Hughley he and did. all of that. Yeah, D.L. most definitely. Because somebody, you know what ticked me off? Somebody says, Dan D.L. shouldn't put him out like that. He should have talked to him about how to say, no. D.L. need to say what he needs to hear because DJ Toomp, T.I.'s producer, he was on Beehive podcast in Atlanta. And, like, he didn't say nothing wrong. But he said, like, you know what, Kanye, people don't know what he's going through, this and that. He said, but it was me by his number. I would call him and tell him behind closed doors. No, my brother. If that really is your friend, you need to exploit him when he starts doing that crap. You're, you're not trying to say nothing too bad because you still want business from him. I get it, man. Like, everybody still wants to have connections. I get he's a powerful guy. But don't sit there and try to be like, you're friends with this guy. When you're not, a friend don't care how much money you got. A friend going to tell you, you're tripping. Exactly. I think Coogee was, Coogee, people like Coogee was his friend. They still there to support him in time of need. But the same time they would tell him. But now they see like we can't touch this guy. They say it is what it is. We say, just pray for him, keep him moving. The monster, he's he's too big now, and you can't yes. put him back in the box. 
And after only this, God can help him. Is it? After this, we'll we'll wrap it up. Um, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you went through that whole Sunday service movement, and you start tapping into a whole different audience at that point because you attached the message of God or religion. And don't get me wrong. The actual music itself still showed the creativity, the genius behind his art, his gift. Mm -hmm. But to me personally, this is just my opinion. I knew that that was going to be short lived. And then once you started hearing all the different stories about people not being properly paid or he's, you know what I'm saying? Taking advantage of these people, making them stand out here for all these X amount of hours and blah, 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 blah. But then you get in front of a camera and you start bragging about how you're a, a billionaire. You start talking about your money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you were really servicing God, then you definitely wouldn't be talking about money and how much value you have. Yeah, not just that, but not even throwing people lives and stuff. And then come out with a song, you such a F-N-H, I love it. Like, yeah, like dude, he was a hypocrite. I'm like, wait a second. So that's what I'm like, saying. It's like for all the people that was like, man, you a hater, you this, you're that, during that time period, I'm like, nah, bro, because again, you have to be able to see a wolf in sheep's clothing. I have circled here. He hit a point where he was trying to stay relevant and he was always trying to be in the news. What better way? And then you transition into this Donda project and now you go from Sunday service, everything is white representing holiness, so to speak, to now you're in all black. Everywhere you go, you and your wife are in all black, covered head to toe. She's got on a full leather outfit. Her face is covered. And I'm like, to me, again, I'm not here to judge people. Uh But it's like, you know things of that nature is going to attract attention. You're doing it all for publicity. You're doing it all for fame. The more clicks, the more headlines, the more things that, that are associated and attached to your name, the more it generates revenue. Uh And that's why I feel like him and Kim are just addicted to fame because even through this whole divorce process, it's been a battle of who's going to get to social media first. If this was really about protecting the kids and doing everything you need to do for the kids, then turn your damn phone off. But it's like you have such a large following, a large audience to where, you know, if I put this out here, at least 1 million is going to side with him. There's going to be a million that's going to side with her. And that's, what's going to create the conversation. So now they got a whole new TV show and all this and that. And it's like all of it equals money. And you're exploiting your lifestyle. You're exploiting these kids to get it. He's making all these videos with Pete Davidson in it and this and that. And it's like, you're using all of this to create money. I don't care for that. And like I said, it goes all the way back to before I even started watching the documentary. 
I said to myself then, something about this dude is just weird. But you know, like like I told you, I was ahead of the curve for everybody then. Cause when Jesus came out, I didn't listen to. It. I was done with Kanye. Even that Life of Pablo, I never listened to the album. I didn't buy any albums from Kanye because I was a true Kanye fan. Like I, I was a true Kanye fan. I didn't. I don't know. It's, it's different, man. Like when some artists touch you like that, yeah, it's different, special. And I think without Kanye, we, we wouldn't have. I'm using the big artists. We wouldn't have Kendrick Lamar. We wouldn't have Drake. Think about it. We wouldn't have this. I agree wholeheartedly, and that's why I said I watching the documentary and me going back listening to those first couple of projects, I have a newfound respect for that particular version of Kanye. And I just said, even with the Sunday service and all of that, he still has a gift. He has a gift. I've listened to parts of Donda. I just, that's something that I just, I can't sit through. I just, those sounds don't work Mm -hmm. for me, but at the end of the day, it still takes a brilliant mind to create that. Takes a brilliant mind, yes, but let, can I say this real quick? The sound of music it can be used for good, it can be used for bad. You gotta be careful how you do it. Lucifer was the beautiful, the most beautiful angel that God ever created. Lucifer was over music. Lucifer was over sound. God gave you a gift for talent for music. But you got to be careful how you use it because that's Lucifer's main tool. And sometimes you get hypnotized by what you think God's telling you, but really Lucifer's telling you to do these things. And I think with Kanye, with the Twisted Dark Fantasy photo, he blacked it out. But really that photo was like a demon having sex with an angel. So see, look, you even you saying that, I have no idea what you're even talking about. I've never seen it. Huh? Go, go, go. When we get off, go and look online, my, my Twisted Dark Fantasy, and find the original photo. Because you got to think, when it first came out, it was like a photo of um, an angel at first, and then the the un, the, the uh, deluxe was, uh, was blanked out. And it was a photo of a demon having an angel riding him. And then, like, before then, you got to think, it was all about the teddy bear. Mm-hmm. So he graduated from the teddy bear. He went to that, and so when he came out with Jesus, I couldn't mess with it no more. I go deep. So that's why. So, so, so again, that's why I'm saying. Like, I I didn't know the the how deep all of this went because I was never a fan. I never once even tried to tap into what it is to be a Kanye fan. But I respect that you said you're not a fan because a lot of people wasn't a fan of Kanye. So I can tell you this right now. I can tell you this right now. Back in our area, I can I can co-hardly say that I was a Kanye fan for anybody. I can say that. Like I like I can say that. I agree. Because y'all y'all wasn't listening to Kanye. I, I agree. I agree. And so so my thing is like I come from perspective. A lot of people who say they like Kanye still today, I don't. I don't even like some of the beats he made today. Don't. And, like, the thing is, like, um, 
when he started doing the church services, I saw it as a cult. And, like, people just doing it because he's cool, but, like, he's, he's taking y'all down dark paths. And, and I really do believe, I think, Lucifer is using him. But, but, but you know what? And that, that, that makes for an interesting conversation because I would love to sit down with someone who was not a Kanye West fan in the beginning. And then once they saw the Sunday service route he was going, they kind of got lenient and was like, you know what? I'm willing to listen to it. And then people fell in love with that Sunday service thing. Because um, he was even on the guy who does the little show. Um, was it is it car karaoke or something? You know what I'm talking about? Not not for sure. Ah, oh, I can't think of the dude's name. Angelina knows his name. When we get off here, I'll show him to you. Because um, they even did the episode with the Migos. I've seen LeBron on there. The little famous, uh, the little white guy. He picks him up as if it's an Uber ride, and then they just ride around, and they uh, sing karaoke and stuff in the car. You'll know who I'm talking about when I show was you. Was Kendrick on one of them? Huh? Was Kendrick on one of them? Because somebody, I think I know what you're talking about, because they was, like, rapping. Some of them be rapping. Yeah, some of them be rapping, because I've seen one with, with Ice Cube. Like I said, LeBron, um, Migos was on there, but he did one with Sunday Service. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, at that point, it became mainstream television you started grabbing a whole different audience people who may not have particularly listened to kanye west but now that he was under this this image of purity and those projects didn't uh have any profanity and things like that people started gravitating to it but i'm saying i would love to have a conversation with those people who didn't listen to his music in the beginning they gravitated to him with Sunday service, I want to see how they feel and view him now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, because that's say, the ultimate roller coaster ride. I, yeah, and I would say I think Lucifer's using him, and I and I can vouch for this to where even with me doing music, I was so hard throttle on it to where I left LA. I got really depressed, and dude, like I was in a dark, dark spot. And, like, I sit there, I had to break away from it and answer them questions for myself. We had this talk before. But me, the wife and I was talking, and I told her, I said, you know, it was a good thing that I stepped away because I was looking at music as my God. I wasn't paying attention to my, my wife, who was my, my girlfriend at the time. I was going to lose everything. I was going to lose my life and vision. I told my wife, Cole Harley, I said, if I didn't change, I probably wouldn't be here that much longer. I would have been gone. I would have died because I didn't have enough to live for. And I really do believe that the dark forces really came over me to tell me, like, this is what you meant to do. This is what you meant to do, which I believe it. But I lost track of what God was telling me what I needed to do. And I wasn't listening. When you play with certain things like entertainment or stuff like that, you got to be very careful because that realm is really – that realm is really started with somebody who fell from God's graces. You got to be very careful. I know I'm going deep. I'm a deep person. My wife tells me all the time I'm deep. I think that's one of my gifts, and I think with Kanye, he's like, 
his mama was his angel. And he looked at his mama as everything instead of looking at God. And now he's lost. And I think he's in he's in a dark spot. And I th- I don't I don't know how he's gonna get out of it. But I will say this. I had to stop listening to Kanye for that reason because I didn't want to get hypnotized into that darkness. And that's that's the perfect word to use, hypnotize. And again, I'm not here to judge anybody. And after this, we'll we'll close it because that right there was 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 deep, like you said, and that that's dope. That's a whole different perspective, something that I never really tapped into, and that's something to think about. But and pick up, pick up to my daddy, man. Pick up to my dad. Um, when I was a kid, man, my dad taught me about the Bible stories all the time, and like we always had discussions. You know, when I was a kid, like, I always went with my daddy everywhere. I wanted to be around my dad. And it breaks that point because I thought about it, Like, I looked at my dad like that. Like, my dad can do it all wrong. And, like, we go through our things. And, like, I was lost. And, like, I sit there, like, I was looking at my dad like he was God. So where my dad, me and my dad talk all the time now. And, like, I help out my dad like he helped me out. And, like, it was like. You have to look at the higher power to help out the situation. There's really nothing you can do. There's really nothing that a person can guide you, yes, but you can't worship that person because that person is just like you. It goes back to what I said about Scarface Heaven Track where he said, we all try to follow this preacher's preaching to us, but he's he's just another person trying to get to heaven. Yeah. Like, it's deep, man. And, um... I really come on a deep level. I really want you to do the podcast with somebody else. I really want to see what's going. Somebody gonna say because I know one of your friends say I like I like I like your cousin. He put Kanye number one. Yes, I put Kanye number one. It's a great producer all the time. He's a top artist for me. But I'm not. He's not my god, and I'm not going to sit there and agree with everything he does just because. Yeah, it's dangerous. And shout out to Avery. I'm sure he'll listen to at least. I, I hope he'll listen to it because he was, he was supposed to jump on here and talk about this topic because he's a, he's a Kanye fanatic. I want to use that word. No it's, disrespect, it's, Avery. Shout out to you, bro. Yeah. It's dangerous, man. If you can even go back to how Adolf Hitler became a dictator, he played with everybody because he played into everybody's emotions. He touched them on the spiritual level to his own game. But but it goes back to to what you said, you know, real quick. I don't, I don't want to cut you off, and I apologize. You used the word hypnotize, and that's Correct. that's where I was going with that because even if you look at the things that have transpired within the last week or two, it's like he's going off on all these rants, and he's on social media attacking certain celebrities, you know, D.L. Uh, Hughley and all this and that, and – people are still coming to his defense. And to me, that's where I feel like now you're, you're skating on that thin line of, are you using a mental disability to get away with all of this stuff? And that's the part that I don't agree with. Like you can't, sit here and have all these episodes and go off on all these rants and then hide behind mental health. 
because there's too many people that suffer from actual mental health issues that are screaming and begging for help and they don't have the resources or they don't have the loved ones behind them to get them the help that they need. And Uh my thing is this, if you have enough mental capacity to sit down and orchestrate all of these Adidas deals and come up with all these different fashion ideas and you can sit down and create all these different projects and put on all these different shows, then you have the mental capacity to function in society. Now, granted, Uh I'm not, and that's the part where even myself, I'm skating that thin line because you, you can't tell somebody who's suffering from a mental disorder how they should react. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm not saying that because I don't want to disrespect people who are suffering or going through these things. And not to say that Kanye West is not, but it's like, if you're functioning to the point to where you can take your kids to the Super Bowl or you can go to an NBA game with your, with your kids and it doesn't require somebody else being there to monitor you. Then when you go off on these rants, you don't get to say, Oh, I was having one of my moments. Correct. Because at that point you have to say, is he, is he mentally stable enough to be around these kids? It's some people that don't even get to sit with their children without being supervised because they're mentally unstable. Mm-hmm. So because he has money or he has fame, he gets that pass. And that's the part where I'm like, God, like we can't agree with every single thing that a celebrity does just because we are fans of him or her. Yeah, man. It's, but you know, especially in America, that's how society is. And a lot of people look at these celebrities for advice. And I said, dude, like a lot of these celebrities, they're, they're not, they're not the persons to look up to really, man. Really, you can find somebody in your neighborhood that somebody be more impactful to you than a celebrity. Because I, I tell you all the time, if you meet these people in real life, you'll probably be disappointed. I agree. But not only that, though, it's like I've seen so many posts from guys that's like, man, he's just trying to get his family. He's trying to do what's in the best interest for his nah, kids. Man. And I'm like, bro, he's basically stalking this lady. Like, that's harassment. Not just talking, but he's talking about how she's doing with her kids with TikTok. But, dude, look how you're acting online. You think your kids don't see what you're doing? And also, too, you should have thought about that before you married her and had kids with her. You knew how she was. That's you got to take that L, man. You you have to take that L. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like they're able to play on so many different people's emotions because everybody can relate to some part of this. I just told you I can relate on terms of I lost my mother. You can relate on terms of you knew what it was like wanting to be a a musician and you're willing to take the sacrifices to get to where you're trying to get to. There are some fathers out here that are fighting and begging to see their kids or be a part of their kids lives or have some kind of say in their kids lives so they can relate to that. Or you have a woman that's been stalked and abused and tried to be controlled by a man. So now she can understand what Kim is going through. So you got the whole world playing tug of war with their situation. But in the meantime, they're laughing to the bank. 
I don't like that at all. And again, oh. that's just my opinion. Yep. I think Jay-Z and Beyonce did the same thing. They didn't acquire the way. That's a whole nother conversation because I, I agree there as well. And I, for whatever reason, after this, we done. Because I, I, this will open up a whole nother can of worms. For the life of me, I will never understand how when you having a conversation or a debate, Jay-Z got a billion dollars. Who cares? What does that what does what does that mean? When people don't understand when you say like yeah, let's go back to what one of the Bible scriptures say. It said there was a man who had millions of dollars, and there was a man who was poor. The man who was poor would help out his community, the man who was poor would do whatever. The middle million dollars we didn't even give the poor man money. They both died. When the when the rich man died, he went to hell. The poor man went to heaven for the good deeds he did. It got so bad for the rich man when he's in hell, he begged the poor man in heaven to just get him a drip of water from his fingertips so he can just quench his tongue. People got to be careful about what they look to when it comes to money. So I get to the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything. And money, if you're a great person and you mean well, you want to help out and stuff, money will bring out the better person in you. But if you're a selfish person with a lot of egos and stuff like that, money will bring out the worst in you. You, got, you know, people got to be careful with that. And like, just because a lot of people got millions of dollars, you don't know how their life is. Because let me tell you, it's a lot of people killing killing, get, uh, killing themselves and everything. You think they got everything in the world. Money only going to bring you short-term happiness. Materialistic things are going to bring you short-term happiness. That's it. Having, having intimate relations, short-term happiness. You have to be. You have to love yourself. You have to be accepting towards yourself. That's the only way you're gonna get true happiness in this world. Money's not gonna bring it. There it is. There ain't, there ain't nothing to follow up after that, man. Nothing. Um, that that sums up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do have something I want to say from Kanye on spaceship. He said. I've been working this gray shift. I ain't made shit. I wish I could buy me a spaceship and fly past the sky. You got you a spaceship. You got the gray shift. The only thing is you're in the spaceship and you're fighting past the sky, but you're in the spaceship by yourself. And you're wanting to get back on Earth now. So basically, he got his spaceship. He's flying away, all right, but now you're orbiting the Earth and you're on the spaceship by yourself and you're going crazy. There's eventually going to lead you back in the grave. Six feet, if you're not careful. And that's what. If I was Kanye, I'll go back to them, them lyrics. If, if that's really what he believes in, he needs to go back and see how he was and take a chill pill and, like, really look at where he's at and and really evaluate his life. But you know what? And now you're gonna open up another can because <laughs> there's nothing wrong with change or growth. So it ain't Correct. necessarily having to go back to be who you once were because we'll never be who we once were. Everything happens for a reason. Like you, if you're the same person you was ten years ago, then I'll I feel bad for you. Like so, you can have so some of the same tendencies. You can be the same. You can have the same character, in my opinion, 
But if you're still doing and saying and doing all this stuff that you were doing 10 years ago, then to me, that doesn't say much. Yeah, He's and too I big now. Yeah, I understand that. But what I'm saying is I'm going back to evaluate why you became the way you are. Self-evaluate. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, evaluate, like, your background, your family, like, why your mama did the thing she did, but, like. Go back to your roots what, as a person. Correct. That's what okay. I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant in terms of music. No, no, no. You're always going to change. You know, I use his lyrics because that's what I got from that lyric. Got you. Okay. No, 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 no. That makes sense. He, yeah. That makes sense. And like I said, and now it all comes full circle in terms of the documentary because you saw somebody who was hungry, inspired, believed in himself, and that's something that everybody can take away from. As long as you have a goal or a passion and, and you you dream it and you do whatever it takes to fulfill that dream, then you can see it that that's living proof. Shout out to my guy, Huddy, uh, with his clothing line, Life's Journey. He's another one. Like, he spoke that into existence. And it's like, once you get to that dream, what do you do then? And that's why the whole documentary gave you that full circle. He was hungry, thirsty for success. He got success. Success turned him into a whole different person. And like you said, now he's lost. Uh -huh. You lost your family. You're in this spin cycle. And I don't know. I wish him nothing but success moving forward. I hope the people around him, at some point, somebody has to tell him like, hey, bro, you, you got to chill. It may cause yeah. some feathers to be ruffled, but if somebody just takes the phone out of his hand and breaks it, that's a start. Yeah, man. The thing is, I want people to help him now. Don't wait till like, and God forbid, I hope nothing happens to him, but don't wait till something tragedy happened and you're going to try to be sad. We should have talked to him. No, talk to him now. Don't, don't wait till something tragic happens. It's exactly. just like what I said with people, we're talking about Nipsey and stuff like that. I said, don't give that dude his flowers when he gone. Give him, give him his flowers while he here. That's why everybody talking about this Nipsey. Man, get on somewhere. You want no Nipsey like that. You on Nipsey now because he, he's a popular name. Yeah. Like, like no. Like, help them out while they're here, man. Show him that you love him. Show him that you really care for him. Yeah. He probably won't listen right then. Like, Coogee and them, that's what I can say about Coogee and them. Like, he didn't listen but you can see Kanye kept on going back to Coogee because he knows in his heart that Coogee loves him for him. But you know what else was dope? And then, like I said, I didn't say it at least three times. We'll get off here because I know this one's going to be at least two hours. Hell. Um, I think what was dope also is that his mother helped bring that back together, too, when she asked him to film the documentaries for some uh -huh. of their family get-togethers and this and that. She understood the importance of having some of your day one people around you. Correct. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, I I hate how people get famous 
and then they forget about the people who was who was sitting around with them when they didn't have anything. And that's where the whole support the homies to me, in my opinion, comes from. I'll share anybody's anything. I'm not looking for anything in return. It's been a lot of people that I've directed, you know, business or, you know, hey, go check out this person's thing and this and that. And if it even led to one sale, I'm not looking for any pat on the back or any kudos or anything of that nature. It's just I know that it feels good. It's a feel good feeling for me personally. It's like, you know what? I'm helping somebody else. Now, whether or not I get it in return, that's a whole different situation, but I'm not looking for anything in return. It's just, are you a genuine person? And that's why, you know, we've, we've talked about how, you know, you, you shared the story with the rich man and the poor man. And that that's why I wanted to drop the mic there. I wanted to end the conversation there, but it is what it is because I think that was a, a very deep closing that would have been dope to close it right there. But anyways, like I said, support the homies. Definitely appreciate your time, man. It's Sunday evening. Uh, March sadness is in full effect. I don't even want to look at the brackets anymore. Um, yeah, from the game yesterday. Shout Green out. In, in, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'll say, I'll just agree with you. March madness is pretty interesting, man. Shout out to uh, – the previous episode with with Nelanie and Corey, thank you for those who who checked it out. Um, like I said, Charlie, man, I definitely appreciate your time, man. This was a a, a deep conversation. It was dope. Again, it, it's not my place to sit around and and use this platform to try to judge people or talk about others. I'm just giving my opinion on the documentary per se. Um. And possibly shed some light on those that actually have mental health issues. I mean, I know loved ones that have battled that or on medications and things like that. So it's not anything to play with. And that's why I feel like it's not fair for them to have that platform and that big of a stage. And if something really is wrong you have the money, you have the resources to get all the professional care that you could possibly get to help become a better functioning person. And if you're really about your kids, like you claim to be, then you definitely wouldn't be online sending people threats and putting people's address out there. Like, come on, bro. Like, like you just said earlier, like eventually your kids are going to see that. Uh So what do you think they're going (laughs) to, think of you then once they do indeed man you know but you like i said man i mean for me it's like everybody got their opinion i just wanted to come from a different perspective and like i'm a think thinker. like i'm i am my like i said people say it about me all the time but charles you think too deep on stuff sometimes but i said I love the way I think, though. Like I said, they're like I think from a different perspective. I I really want you to think. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, and like I said, I'm not bashing Kanye. I was getting my honest opinion on, it. and I just sit there like, for me being a fan from the beginning, I can just I can be honest with what I say about him because, like I told you, I saw myself in Kanye. 
the documentary proof the first part i i see myself in kind like that you don't you don't you don't get that from an artist right. people say they got from tupac and stuff i get it but for me kanye was the first one there you go so like i said i definitely appreciate your time man i'm gonna tag a few people who i know for sure are kanye fans kim fans and if you all have an opinion or want to share some thoughts, man, reach out to me. We'll fire this mic right back up and, and we'll discuss it because it's an important conversation, not in terms of celebrity gossip or things like that, but it's just like, like I said earlier, man, there's too many people that can relate to their situations and they, they have a following to where they could be the examples of how to resolve divorce and a broken family and trying to do whatever is right to make it all work. And people would actually tune in and be influenced by it. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Yeah, and be a, be a adult. Have great <laughs> That's what it boils down to, man. Being a damn adult. Absolutely. <laughs> That's where we leaving it at. So we gone. Yeah. Be a damn adult. Appreciate you, Charlie. Yeah, no problem. Toasted, no competition. Amisha toasting. I feel so high, I feel so live. My body's in the twine.